Let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six, okay? But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four, that? Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six? Yep. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. One and two and three and four and five and... Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Dude, you know who's here in town? Who's in town? Not in town, but in Texas, was your boys Metallica. I know, dude. They were in Arlington. Yeah, they were here like all weekend. And then I I found out and I was like, oh shit, we were going to go to Metallica. Oh, I forgot we talked about that. I think think you were on tour, so you couldn't have done it anyways, but... Yeah. Somebody told me they had like 78 semis. I was like, that seems like a chill number. Why not have a thousand semis? There were over a hundred thousand people there each night. Yeah. That would have been cool to see. I played the same place, by the way. AT&T. Yeah, I played there. We had, we only had 245 semis when I played there, my band, which was, the usual number of semis that we traveled with back in those days. That was a few years ago. You've since kind of mellowed out on the semis. Well, it costs a lot. Semis are a lot per semi. And so, yeah, it adds up. When you get up to like 245 semis, it's a lot. My friends Pete and Sarah were there. It was their 100th Metallica show, and they had like a flag. And there's a video of them showing it to James Hetfield, and he he mouths the words to them, congratulations. I thought that was interesting. A, it's sweet, but B, he's like, congratulations on coming to a hundred of my shows. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting thing. Well, I would have liked to have gone and seen it, but I found out too late. But I was looking at tickets, and I was like, man, tickets are going to be expensive. And they were like, not that expensive. Well, that's how you sell a hundred thousand of them. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think initially they are quite expensive because here's what they're doing. They're doing two stadium shows per weekend, but it's the same stadium and they're renting the stadium for all for Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, but they don't do anything on Saturday. So they just rent the whole venue so that they don't have to tear their shit down. And then each night is a completely different set list, which for them is a big deal. I know you, you kind of, I don't think you've ever played the same set list twice in your life, right? Well, I've been trying to do a thing where I play uh, the same set. Really? Well, because what I found was I used to do the thing where every night I'd play a different set, but we'd be in a different town. So one night I'm in Portland, the next night I'm in Seattle, so I'm playing a completely different set. It's not like the same people are coming to the show in Portland and Seattle. They're different right. people. So what I found out was I was kind of playing the same show every time I went to Seattle. So I was like, oh, you know, last time you came to Seattle, you played like 10 of the same songs, even though it was a completely different set. And port- like for some reason, every time I would go to a certain town, it would make me think of a certain set of songs. So to avoid that, to make sure that the songs were different for the different towns, I was like, well, I'll just do kind of a set and then stick to it. That way I know that every time I go through, it'll be a different set, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. I wonder what the songs are that you play in Seattle. Like, what are the, 
subconscious songs that come to you for that town? Well, the songs I usually play in Seattle are, I got that song called Suckin' Seven Dicks at a Time. For some reason, every time I go to Seattle, I always want to play that song. And then the other one that I play always in Seattle is like, Can't Stop Them Dicks From Getting In My Mouth, that song. And then also the other song is Dicks, Dicks, which is a a song about going to a Dick's Sporting Goods and getting a lot of dicks in my mouth. I don't know why, but every time I'm in Seattle, those songs spring to mind. Well, lucky them. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know what it is about Seattle, but yeah, that comes to mind. Um, We have not thanked patrons in a while, and we've got some, so I'd like to thank them now. Excellent. Who are they? One is Josh Mellinger. Hey, Josh. Thank you, Josh. One is... Well, they they signed up as Ziggy Stardust. I doubt it's the actual Ziggy Stardust, but I would like to say thank you to them. Oh, you don't think it's David Bowie? And they actually left a comment that said, ah, the joy of the Secret Weekly, longtime listener, first-time commenter, love you guys. So they've they've now got access to the sauce over there. Travis Overlay has become a patron. Nice. Travis wrote an email that I'm going to read here in a second, too. Lexi became a patron and edited her pledge. She pledged more. That's BDE, Lexi. Uh, yeah. Oliver Lash, and I believe that's it for now. But let's see what Ziggy or uh, let's see what Travis Overlay had to say. Uh, hey boys, Clint, I just saw you shared you shred at Farewell Festival in Oregon. Y'all put on a hell of a show. Bob, longtime fan since the '90s when my dreams were still intact. Going to try and catch you at your show at Mississippi Studios in Portland. Anyway, I'm 45, just completed the three day aforementioned Farewell Festival, and let me tell you, it was a bit much. I enjoyed the music and people watching but was struck by how much money Live Nation must be raking in, was wondering if the artists are compensated fairly. You touched on the state of touring last episode, but I was wondering if you could speak to it a bit more. Are the days of catching our favorite artists at small, intimate venues where there's a real connection to the artists and their art truly numbered? Uh, do you have any thoughts about that? I mean, the the days of where you would get the door, um, I think those ended in the 90s. Um, the last time I played um, the Moody Theater, which is owned by the the ACL Live at the Moody Theater, which was just bought by the folks that own the Ryman in Nashville, I made 19% of the door. So they took 81% of the door. And they so, make money on booze, and they take a cut of merch. Oh, yeah. I don't make any money on booze, and they take a large percentage of the merch. So, yeah, they're pretty cool. They're pretty chill. Yeah, that seems 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 you know it seems like a fair deal. It's not a good sitch, is it? This the economics are really tough. Well, I mean, I used to play. I used to I used to play shows and um, get like you know the door or ninety percent of the door, eighty five percent of the door, and then the deal was like, I'm bringing these people. They're coming in to see me play. So I get that money and then you guys get to sell a lot of alcohol, which has a huge markup. And then you guys get your money that way. And if there's any, you know, if there's any additional people that need to get paid, like door people or security or somebody working the stage or a load or something, we'll, I'll take care of that too. That, that'll that come out of production. But that's not the way it works anymore. They They have all these fees oh and also like let's say my tickets 35 dollars 
you're not going to pay $35 to see me play. You're going to pay like $47 and that extra $12, that's some other company, Ticketmaster, or somebody is just like taking that money. And then not only will they take that money, but let's say at the last minute you can't go to the show and you want to resell it back. They make that money too. They make some commission off that. It's so crazy. I mean, the music business is notorious for for just ter- treating the artist terribly because the artists and I'm gonna, you know, musicians, whatever, just don't care about money. Like I, I want to make money. I, I, but I don't care about it. Like, don't talk to me about money. Talk to me about like art or music or a movie or something. That's what I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about bit. So that's why you hopefully you have management and stuff that kind of take care of it for you because I just don't care about it or and and so the people that run these venues and they take advantage of that and they know that the artist doesn't give a fuck. So they're like, oh well we'll just take 81% of the door. And then they actually somehow are able to close their eyes at night and force themselves into a state of subconsciousness for a few hours and then wake up somehow. I don't know how they do it. I'm assuming they must be sociopaths at the very least, if not psychopaths. And are because uh, I couldn't, if I was doing that, I wouldn't be able to, I couldn't live with myself. I was weird. I was thinking about Jeff Bezos today and just going, this is, all right, let me give you a little trip into my brain. So there was an Amazon box that was in the garage, empty. And I was trying to break it down to put it into recycling. And as I was doing that, I was like, how many of these fucking boxes are there in the world? And I thought to myself, probably about a trillion a day. Maybe not a trillion, maybe 35 billion every day of these boxes. Now, Jeff Bezos knows that. He knows how much cardboard is going out in the world. Now, most people don't think about it. I don't think about it. I didn't think about it until just right now, just a few minutes ago. And I was like, man, so many boxes. And if I owned Amazon, I'd be like, there's got to be some way. There's got to be some other way where we're not like cutting down a forest a day to to get this, to get, you know, to get people there. LED lights from China or whatever it is they're buying. That's what I buy. Anyways, but fucking Jeff Bezos, he doesn't give a fuck, dude. That dude doesn't give a fuck about forests. Well, why should he? I mean, if I knew that that was going on, like if I was aware of that, of that, I'd be like, oh shit, I got to do, I, I got to figure something out. I'm telling you, dude. They did well, a survey. They I mean, did a survey a few years ago, and they they found out that the CEOs of most major companies of the Fortune 500 companies, the majority of them were sociopaths that have no conscience. You can't run a company like that on the backs of the working class who aren't making enough money to do anything if you're not a sociopath. You can't do it. Well, I don't know anything about him, and I doubt most people do. Who knows if he offsets 
his carbon footprint by donating to charities. Who knows if he plants a tree for every Amazon? Like, I don't know. I don't know what he does, but he's just a human being who's making money. And most people will choose to make money. Artists aren't good at it because we're good at making art and people do exploit that. It's a tale as old as time. I mean, every artist have people that steal from them and then you steal from artists. I played a gig at Amazon and the, the culture, the, uh, the office, the, the, emotional the emotional um feeling there at amazon is one of sheer terror everybody that i encountered there was terrified that they weren't going to do their job correctly and get fired every single person I, i i was like well that's a that's a company that's run by a maniac for sure and then i talked to some people that work there i'm like is this guy a maniac? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's totally a maniac. You you don't get Amazon if the guy's not a maniac. You get some other company that fails. Well, we're just not programmed to care about the future. It's just such a, it's hard to, you know, like me and Isabel talk about this all the time because she cares about the future. And I just I'm don't, not talking, I can't. I'm not talking about the future. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the people right now that are working at Amazon that are living in vans. Well, right I'm, now, I'm, just I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the future of the planet. I'm not talking about global warming. I'm just talking about right now. Well, you were talking about the trees. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah, cutting down a forest of trees every day. Well, that doesn't that have impl- that's future implications? Or what are we doing? To I'm the not forest? talking about future. I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about a forest that got cut down today for the boxes. But you're saying we have to stop doing that. I'm not saying keep- we have to stop doing it. I'm just saying it, I would think about it. Like it would drive me crazy to. And and I don't think he's thinking about it. I don't think people that run these companies are thinking about that stuff. I don't think they're built to think that way. They're just like, I got to make money. Like, who gives, like, oh, what what about this family over here? They can't, they're living in a trailer because they can't afford a house. Well, they made their bed. They got to fucking lay in it. Most people feel that way about poor people. I'm like, but but I'm making, but I have $145 billion. You have $145 billion. They have nothing. Well, I made my bed, I made $145 billion, and they made their bed, and they have nothing. That's the way it is, and that's the way I like it. There's a difference between me and that guy who has $145 billion. I fucking care. I think about things. I care about things. I care about people. He does not give a fuck about people, period. Well, And I don't need to know him to know that. It says he's committed to giving $2 billion to his day one families fund. Of which five hundred twenty-one point six million so far have been granted to organizations addressing homelessness. How much has been given away? He he's committed to giving away two billion. He he also committed announced twenty twenty like over over the course of what his lifetime. It says five hundred twenty-one point six million so far have been granted to organizations addressing homelessness. In twenty twenty, he announced the ten billion dollar Bezos Earth Fund, and he's also committed to giving away one hundred twenty-four billion away when he dies. He's he's giving his net worth away to charities when he dies. Sure. What charities? Well, and also, how much of the millions of dollars is he using to offset his taxes? I don't think either of us know a lot about him at all. You know? Everyone's just mad because he's super rich. I'm surprised no one's killed him yet. Like, when it came out that he, like, doubled his wealth during COVID while people were dying and, like, losing their jobs, I'm surprised no one killed him. Dude, he he, he wasn't the only one. Like, I looked it up on online for I don't even know why I did it. I was just like curious. For for some reason, it wasn't even like oh, 
COVID's like some sort of big scam for these people to get well. I just was curious one day. I'm like, I wonder how the most the wealthiest people are doing during this time because you know I was having a hard time staying afloat because I make most of my money playing live shows and I wasn't playing live shows. And I looked up the wealthiest 50 people on Forbes and it turned out all of them, except for one guy, there was one, one of the Koch brothers had lost a little bit of money, but he was starting to make it back. But every single person on there had at least doubled or if not tripled their wealth. And then people like Elon Musk had 10 tupled their wealth, whatever times 10 is during the pandemic. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, I thought these guys had 99% of the wealth before the pandemic. Oh, they did. And so now wait, so they had 99% of the wealth and now they have double that. So that means the 1% of the wealth that the 99% had, that's half now. Oh, it's not half. It's a lot less than half. It's like a quarter. Oh, so the rest of the world has a quarter of what they had two years ago now. Huh. Also inflation. Huh. Interesting. That's interesting. It's fucking, it's fucking, I mean, it's crazy, dude. I mean, there's, I don't know what to do with that information. I don't, you know, it's not like he can say, well, you know, I don't know what to do with it, but it's in, it's like, that's the information. Yeah. You'll just keep doing what you're doing. You'll probably keep ordering shit from Amazon. Fuck yeah, dude. That's where I get all my shit. I like the way it's delivered. I, I like the fact that if I don't like it, I can return it, even though I never return anything. I do like Amazon. I, I like the way it works. You know, does he need $150 billion? Could could some of the company maybe have more of the money? I guess not. I guess charities are going to get it when he dies. Yeah. Not the people that are actually working to make that money. Well, what's he supposed to do? Pay all of his employees up five hundred thousand dollars a year? That, that like, what do be, you think he? What do you think he should do? I mean, that would be cool. Probably not a good business model. I don't know. I don't know how many. I mean, there's probably a lot of employees. I, maybe they're getting paid well. I don't know. I just, I just saw that movie Nomadland. You know, with Francis McDormand, where they're all living in vans, and a lot of those people are working at at Amazon. You know, I don't know how much people make at Amazon. Well, I toured once with a lady who was married to a very famous guy. And we were touring in a van because her career was small. You know, she was trying to build a thing. And everyone just assumed that because she had personal wealth, that her business was injected with her personal wealth. And it was like, she had a business that ran on what the business generated. And it wasn't good business for her to use her personal wealth to fund it. So her her career was funded by whatever she was generating. You know, if she, if she wasn't generating enough to put the band in a bus, then we were in a van. Well, if I was a rich Hollywood actor and I had millions of dollars, I would put the band on a bus and pay everybody nicely because that's who I am. Right, but that probably just wouldn't be a good business move. You would probably be discouraged to do that by your business manager. Well, there's a reason that I'm not a fucking millionaire or a billionaire. Cuz I don't yeah. I don't give a fuck about business. Or money. Most artists aren't savvy at that, myself included. Yeah. I do know a lot about Dave Matthews, though. What do you know about him? I'm just saying, that's what I spend my time investing in, not business degrees. Oh. 
I, I know a lot about my record collection. I know a lot about guitars. And I know well, a lot about editing podcasts now. I bet, I bet Dave Matthews pays his employees fairly well. I bet you he takes care of all of his employees fairly well. Don't know. I'm just guessing. We don't know shit about any of these people. He may also just pay them whatever his business managers tell him is fair. Oh, you got a lighting director. Oh, well, you think that gets all the way up to Dave Matthews, what the lighting director gets paid? He's probably got a production manager that hires those people. They probably all get paid pretty fair, pretty normal. Does What does his right. drummer get paid? His drummer probably gets a cut of the big cheese because he's been there since the beginning and he's got co-writes on every album. Well, I think they're they're an actual band, so they probably get paid like a band gets paid where they split the money. I guess they split the money on live shows. Remember that band Live? Yeah. He paid himself what he called a lead singer bonus. Because he said, look, I write all the songs, which is no, that's not, it's not a crime for the other guys not to write any of the songs. I write the songs. That's fine. But I'm also the one singing on the songs and I'm the front man and I'm kind of the face of the band. And I believe that that warrants, I believe that has more value than say the bass, the unattractive, homely bass player who doesn't even sing fucking background vocals. Mm. And it broke the whole band up. Because I think he did it without telling them. He went like through their management and did that. Would you ever do that? Frontman bonus? Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. I, but I would just go, I'm going solo. And then I would go solo and I would hire whoever to yeah. play. Which is what I did. Because uh, I played in bands for a while. I played in bands for a long time. And when I was playing in bands, we would just split the money evenly amongst the band members. And then when I went solo i got some band members together and then for 10 years i just divided up the money for each show so if i played a show and i had a sub drummer and there was five of us and we got paid five thousand dollars the drummer would get a thousand dollars and i would get a thousand dollars right and i wrote all the songs i put the band together i built built it up from nothing and would split it up evenly because I'm like, well, we all spent the same amount of time playing this live gig. And that's the way my dad taught me how to do it. My dad doesn't know shit about business. I don't know shit about business. And that's the way I did it. And then finally I got a manager and they're like, uh, you are not running your business correctly and you are losing money. And I'm like, I don't think so. I'm making quite a bit of money. And they're like, no, after your expenses, you're losing a lot of money every year. And I, I would notice, like, at the beginning of the year, I'd have a certain amount of money in my bank, and at the end of the year, I would have a lot less. And I'd be like, how's that? I guess I'm spending a lot of money? No, so the production that it took to run the band was costing me more than I was making after I was splitting up the money amongst the band members. So now I have a manager and a business manager, and they take care of all that stuff, and... uh and they do it correctly, and then I'm not losing money, which is great. You know, I want to make sure that, you know, I want to make sure that everybody's, you know, being compensated correctly. Right. You know, for what they do. I don't, uh, I mean, when the pandemic happened, I was really worried about all the guys that I play with. I mean, I have money saved, so I knew I was going to be okay during the pandemic, but... 
I was like, man, these guys that I play with, I feel like they're probably living hand to mouth. They're not making a lot of money. They're not making a lot of money in my band. And we're probably making more than most people make. And I'm like, we're not playing. And I can't pay anybody because we're not playing any live gigs. So how are these guys going to survive? Luckily, they got unemployment that whole time. So they actually ended up making more than they would have made if they were still playing. So it worked out fine. But for the first month or two, I was really worried about the guys that I play with. But it worked out fine. So, you know, everything worked out great. Well, anyway, all this to say, go support us on Patreon. It's easy. Yeah. It is easy. How do we land the plane with four minutes left? Well, we talk about uh, the good things in life, which is the fact that we're alive and we're here on the earth. It's a wonderful place. We have this wonderful moment together, wherever you are. And uh, there's lots of things to be grateful for. And uh, one of those things is Amazon and Amazon Prime which I'm a member of, and free delivery, two-day delivery on Amazon Prime. Uh, also, just the wonderful array of entertainment that's available for me- free members of Amazon Prime, um, including The Boys, just a great series about evil superheroes. Um, there's lots of great Korean uh, cinema on Prime. Uh if you've never dipped your toe into South Korean cinema, I highly recommend it. There's so much good stuff. It's not just Parasite. Uh, just uh, incredible. They, uh, South Koreans take uh, what's good about cinema and then they make it better. Kind of like what they did with electronics and with cars. They do that with cinema as well. So check that out. Um, also... Free Prime Music, I think. There's lots of great things on Prime. So I would uh, get on that. I mean, I think most people are Prime members. Who's not a Prime member? I don't know. It's a good deal. It's a great deal. As a as a consumer, it's a great deal. It's a great deal. We're not, we're not knocking that. We're not knocking Prime or Amazon Prime. We're not even knocking uh, the company. I'm just asking questions about the... Uh, the owner and saying you know you're right i don't know anything about him so everything i said is just an idea that i have and i have an uh, an active imagination now am i right most of the time about most things yes i am but i could be wrong about this who knows who knows only god knows for sure definitely and Pretty soon, and when I say soon, I mean in the next hundred years, we'll all get a chance to cozy up to God and ask him all the questions. And God will be like, I've been dying to tell you all this time because you were asking him down there on earth. And now that you're here in heaven and we're all like snuggled up to the video monitor and we can watch you masturbate over and over again as we watch the the videotape of your whole life um, together with you and your family. Uh, all those questions that you've asked, uh, I can answer them for you. Oh, there you go again, reaching for the cream. We're just going to fast forward through this part. By the way, that's the name of my new album, Reaching for the Cream. <laughs> so check that out on Amazon Prime Music. Uh, and wherever you get your uh, 
wherever you get your music and wherever you get your cream which is amazon so <laughs> order your cream if you're not if you're not getting your cream on amazon what the fuck are you doing are you going to the store and buying your cream i mean is that going to save some boxes yeah probably it's embarrassing though yeah who wants to buy their cream in person by the way if you go to cbs now dude if you go into cbs there ain't nobody in cbs oh you want to check out with a live person at cbs uh-uh don't think so you're gonna be checking out on camera and you're gonna be doing it yourself how many how many people do you think try to get away with some shit at cvs when they're checking out on it just from zero percent to a hundred percent that's gonna depend on whether or not you're in san francisco yeah. or boise idaho in san francisco people are looting and shitting in the streets and it's basically a failed state it's chaos in boise idaho which I, or canton ohio most people are doing the right thing in that self-checkout cvs all right Is that but the PA? shitting in the streets will move from the coast it's moving from the coast inward too we'll all be shitting in the streets here in about six months well and on that happy note let's get let's get out of here let's let's put let's, let's go shit let's go shit in the uh, secret weekly okay <laughs>